0: Hello and welcome to the Clever Money Podcast, brought to you by Together Australia, a campaign for affordable financial advice. This is a podcast series for every Australian who wants to make the most of their money. I'm Rose Jacobs, your host, and today we're going to talk about why people need to consider getting financial advice. Here in the studio with me are some of the team members behind Together Australia. This is a campaign aimed at getting more accessible and affordable financial advice for everyone. Peter Lynch, Campaign Director. Hi there. Hello, and Bernadette Chua, our content editor. Hey, Rosie. Later, we'll be talking to a financial advisor from one of our sponsors, AMP, about the ideal retirement, what we want to do, and how we can ensure that we can afford it. That must
1: be my yacht. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: haves and the have
1: yachts. <laughs> Bernadette,
0: oh, very good. Ah, thank Love you it. very much. Off to a good start here, Bernadette. As our resident millennial, you'll be discussing those reports that young investors are behind the roller coaster. Market. I honestly think we just get a really bad
2: rap for no reason.
0: Maybe. You can argue your point. <laughs> and we're going to have a mystery guest Ooh. with some really fabulous money-saving tips. You might save thousands. Oh, yes. Love it. stay around for that one. And don't forget, go to our website, togetheraustralia.com, sign up for our newsletter, and you could go into the draw for $100,000. That's the prize on offer, plus an advice to help you grow it. Wow. But first, Peter Lynch, tell us exactly what is this campaign all about?
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked, Rosie. We all know that the pandemic has created one of the most difficult economic times in our history, the deepest recession in 30 years, jobless figures of over 8% and record business failures. Once JobKeeper and job seeker come off, experts say will be in uncharted territory. In all of this, household budgets are under huge stress. More than half the population are worried about their future prospects. And as we try and prepare our own family survival plans, we just genuinely need help. Yet financial advice, thanks to the legislation that followed the Royal Commission, is now
2: far too expensive and complex. Yeah, doesn't it cost on average around $3,000 just to even get started? It mm. absolutely does, Burn. Every advisor has to fill out
1: a huge questionnaire going into every aspect of your finances before they
2: can tell you anything. And then they have to get someone to vet what they've told you. I saw a comment from the a boss, Francesco Di Ferrari, who said last week, getting financial advice is like, you know, somebody going to a doctor with a broken finger and getting a full CT scan, (laughs) an X-ray, which is completely unnecessary. It's a bit over the top, isn't it? absolutely well
1: put. So we have assembled hundreds of financial advisors who have volunteered to give pro bono or fixed price advice on issues like, should I take out early release super? Mm. And you'll find scores of great articles, courses and videos on togetheraustralia.com to help you DIY some of what you need to do. We're supported by some of the country's biggest financial institutions who are also keen to get Australians help while they need it.
0: Wow. And in fact, I believe many advisors are already working really hard, giving mm. advice to those who most need it. So AMP, for example, has sent financial advisors to those bushfire regions and that's to help those Aussies in the regional areas to put their lives back together. Which is a great idea. It's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's and good. and so, Peter, can I ask, how did the campaign actually come about?
1: Yeah, so we published the really simple guide to money and work closely with Australia's leading website for advisors, advisorratings.com.au. They have 22,000 advisors on their books, rated by their specialty subjects. We were talking to them about how Australians during the latest crisis really need help uh, and how we could step up. We noticed that the first responders during the bushfires and the medical workers during the pandemic stepped forward to really help the society. Then we got to talking about what the finance industry could do. And that's how we came up with this. We realised Australians need help right now, but that most feel financial advice simply isn't for them. In fact, we ran a poll this weekend among our readers and the results are really interesting. We had over 650 replies. One in five said they were taking advice, but 61% said they weren't. Is it because it's too expensive, perhaps? Spot on, burn. Yeah. Too expensive, too complicated. And most of all, they didn't really feel it was for them. This is a time when millions are taking decisions about taking early release super, which could affect them for the rest of their lives.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. There's lots of statistics that have come out, obviously kind of stipulating how much you take out and how it will affect you later on. So it's caused this amazing schism. And I think that it's fine mainly for young people like me. But, you know, I think when you're in your 40s or 50s, this will really affect your retirement.
0: This is so true, Byrne, as well. We've even had a huge reaction on our website to our stories about this. So many Aussies are talking lately about their early release, Super. And this is a good one for me to listen to as someone who's taken advantage of that. I've chosen to access some of my Super But no doubt so many of you are curious to hear more about this one. And I'm also anxious to hear what John Danny from AMP, who's our guest advisor today, what he'll be saying about the changing face of retirement.
1: Yeah, it's a hot button issue, all right. I've been looking at our readers' comments all weekend and they are completely split down the middle, many equating the current losses some funds are making because of COVID with long-term investment decisions. Others saying they need to put food on the table. So what motivated you, Rose? You're a mum of two. Looking after the girls is really important. What went through your mind when you took <laughs> do that money out?
0: You mean what the hell were you <laughs> thinking? Yes, I do. <laughs> no pressure, Peter. Uh, look, I'll have one word for you and some people might agree or disagree with my decision but – renovations
2: renovations
0: (laughs) you can argue
2: though that your renovation will be an investment into your property which you will get a return later on you know what I mean well
0: this is what I've been arguing with anyone who's questioned me (laughs) on it everyone who's questioned me yeah because that's actually adding value to an asset that Mm. will gain in value over time yeah
2: are you a little bit worried though Rosie about I guess in terms of how much you see in your super or, you know, do you kind of see yourself putting back that money in?
0: Well, I see it as being um, asset rich, cash poor Mm. at this stage in my life but that that will change in retirement for me. Well,
1: only if you sell a house with a smashing renovation. Or or rent it out for Ah. a top dollar. So putting it back, Rose, is that something in your sights? Not at this stage. Mm. Well, I understand the argument for putting food on the table. But on the earnings front, the figures out today show funds returned 1.3% even after the pandemic for this year. And over 10 years, Aussie Super returned over 8%. Just tell me where you can get that kind of return.
0: I guess, Peter, that all really identifies just how much finances can be a personal topic. And also talking about retirement, Bern, I'd say yours and mine is hopefully a long way off and, Uh. well, I don't know, but what will it look like in the future? Will it be that road trip, international travel, I hope, or ticking off the bucket list Here to answer our questions is AMP financial advisor, John Danny. He's got some fascinating research and loads of ideas about how to secure that dream retirement. Welcome, John. Thanks for joining us. Hi, John. Hi, John.
3: Thank you very much for the invitation to speak to you.
0: Now, John, I've got the first question here. I'm dying to know, are people actually retiring earlier or later these days?
3: Oh, look, my experience with my clients over the last Twenty to 25 years has been that people are retiring later. So, to be honest, I decided to test that. So, (laughs) I went to the Australian Bureau of Statistics to see what I was thinking was happening was actually occurring. And, yeah, it does seem to be confirmed that um, basically over the last 10 years, when people have been asked when they intend to retire, um, over the last 10 years, it seems as if the average retirement age that people are thinking about has gone up from 61 to 65 now. But I have to ask,
0: is that through choice or necessity?
3: Oh, look, um, I think it's a little bit of both because I think what's what's driving, number one, is people realise that they are living longer. So they want to be more financially secure when they actually retire. So that's a little bit of Necessity, because they want to have a comfortable retirement and they want to have enough money available to them to be able to uh, to be able to enjoy that for longer, so the realization that we're that we 're going to be ticking on for a little mm. bit longer mm-hmm. than in the past that, um, that's that 's a big one yeah. I, I think yeah, yeah I think the other one is that gone are the days i know that 's a little bit stereotypical, but gone are the days where People retire and they pot around in the garden and they head down to the local club one (laughs) day. So true. (laughs) true. They're not doing that anymore. They're they're
0: grey nomads, aren't they? They're out travelling.
3: Exactly. I mean, despite, you know, what's happening at the moment with travel restrictions and all that, but, yeah, Australians, they love to uh, travel. They love going out to the cafe and having breakfast in the morning. They love going out to restaurants. So this active retirement is something that, is, is also the cause for people wanting to mm. obviously extend their working life as mm. well. And I think the third big one is that often people retire due to being triggered by when they can actually access the age pension. And yeah. this has been a big change. Um, 25 years ago, um, an Australian female could get the age pension at age 60, and in a short period of time, that's going to be 67. Wow. So Rosie, you and I will e- be working until <laughs> we die. Oh <laughs> gosh.
0: So the government's actively pushing that back. It's a bit of a strategy, isn't it?
3: Yeah, well, the funny story behind that is that it used to be females aged 60 and males at age 65. That's right, yeah. Great cause for equality and the government thought, oh, yep. that's a great idea. Yeah, more workers. Let's <laughs> like the females equal to the males.
0: And, and then the women are outliving the men anyway. Exactly, yeah.
1: Exactly. exactly. We don't have a big chance here, John, do we?
0: <laughs> so, John, what's that final factor for people retiring later?
3: Oh, the final one is that um, people now have the ability to gradually uh, what we call transition out of the workforce. There's opportunities to do this that simply didn't exist in the past. Mm, people can great. gradually reduce their hours or move to casual roles, vacant. can... Contract their services out, and this is becoming much, much more popular. And this is also pushing out the retirement age. No longer is it that you know I'm working on the Friday and I retire forever on the following Monday. Yeah,
4: yeah. Yep.
3: Old I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: It's such a an, an emotional shock for retirees too. They go from
2: all to nothing. Yeah. But I think a but, lot of them just don't want to fully give up work. Yeah, I, know, no, yeah. absolutely right.
1: Yeah. And it's a social thing. You know, you keep your contacts. But let's get down to it, John. What do people want to do in what they think is retirement?
3: Yeah, this is getting back to what we were mentioning earlier about wanting an active retirement. Yeah. And people have got yep, yep, goals yep. and ambitions that they want to uh, achieve because – Time is no longer viewed as a passive phase of life. It's being viewed as an active phase of life, mm. and um, and we mentioned earlier this this love for travel. Now, you know, notwithstanding the current restrictions that we have, you know, around the coronavirus, the reality is is that Australians love to travel and they love to travel overseas. Mm, and yeah. I think driven by quite a few things. Number one is that, quite frankly travel is becoming more affordable and there's been this massive boom around being able to organise travel online so yeah. that's really made travel much more popular as well look I anticipate that travel is still going to play a big role in um, uh, for retirees so there's going to be a shift to domestic travel over the next few years undoubtedly mm. but in saying that I, I, I've been speaking to my clients and I've been somewhat surprised that many of them have said that they cannot wait for cruisers to become available
1: again. <laughs> 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 well, we can certainly relate to that, John. We, we, I'm a bit of a cruiser myself, so I know all about that. And I've got lots of friends who are dying to travel in large groups. Uh, you know, they go overseas uh, for walking yeah. holidays. Yeah. I, I must say there's one last thing I really love that you've, uh, you've discovered in your researching about uh, what uh, what retirees do. Spending the Kids Inheritance, right?
0: Ooh, oh, Peter, can I just say, I've heard of this one a long time ago, and you know that stands for Joining the Ski Club, S-K-I. Oh, spend really? the Kids Inheritance.
3: Okay. Yeah, it's been oh, around forever. You're, you're absolutely right. One of my clients actually introduced me to that term, and I go, what do you mean ski? <laughs> but this has been a massive trend. You know, if I go back in talking to my clients 15, 20 years ago, there was often this really um, strong desire for people to even sacrifice their own lifestyle in retirement so that they can leave a larger inheritance for their children. And this is now no longer the case. People in retirement are now much more willing to spend their wealth, to enjoy their, life and their time.
1: Well,
0: you've and,
3: certainly
1: got roses' attention uh, with this, John.
3: Uh, and,
0: I, I don't think completely. I'll be inheriting much, you know, and, and I don't know, I've got two young daughters, I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm going to join the ski club uh, myself. <laughs> well, what about you, John, how many kids do you
3: have? Well, well, I've got three kids and oh. I I'm probably fall into that category as well and basically, look, they can have the house, I'll have everything else, thank you uh. very
1: Uh
0: (laughs) they need to fend for themselves really you know we're doing them a favor you don't want to hand them too much
1: but taking out that major property idea is very common isn't it john
3: you can take take
1: the house i'll take everything else is Mm. really really common
3: yeah yeah this has been a major major change in the mindset for people in retirement very very much so
0: but would you say john quick question on that Um, A lot of people are handing down their mortgages as well. You know, they're handing over the house, but it comes with with a mortgage. Apparently, 80% of the population can't pay off a mortgage in their lifetime. So, you know, is that fair? (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really, really interesting point. Um, Yeah, certainly people are carrying a mortgage into retirement Uh, much more so than they've done in the past. Again, you know, that's maybe a change in mindset where paying off your mortgage and being prepared to give up your right arm to make sure you did so Mm. was a very, very strong uh, uh, mindset in the past. People seem to be much more relaxed about debt um, today and that's maybe because of low interest rates or wherever it may be. I, for one, am a great believer and always encourage people to try to become debt-free before they actually retire. But yeah, you are right um, that if you're passing down the house. Um, sometimes you be passing down the mortgage as well. So oh, yeah. the house is not for the kids. Mortgage-free, regrettably. Yeah, increasingly that's the case. That's
1: mm. why we're becoming a renting society, really. Yeah, exactly. And interesting, John, that you found out that many retirees want a purposeful retirement.
3: Yeah, this is this is actually a, a really interesting um, a realization for me. In that, you know, in terms of retirees, I'm finding that many. Um, of my clients are embarking on courses of study um, in their retirement. Um, they never had the time before due to work commitments or family commitments. They've always had this underlying desire. One of my clients um, decided to go to university and get a diploma in history, for example. So, um, And it's also being helped along by the availability of online courses as well. So mm studying and doing courses. And also the other aspect of uh, purposeful retirement has been um, volunteering for charities, yeah. volunteering for environmental causes. That's also becoming increasingly common for people in retirement as well. Mm,
2: interesting. So what are people who are preparing for retirement, what are they most worried about at the moment, John?
3: Without question, will my money last? Yeah. That yeah. is yeah. overriding question. Do I have enough Money to retire, and quite frankly, it's also the, the trickiest question to answer because mm. no one knows, <laughs> quite frankly, how long they are going to be in retirement for. Is it going to be ten years, twenty years, thirty years? Because no one knows how long they're going to live. Mm. But in saying that, um, you know, we've got some really useful rules of thumb, and we do know uh, that one in four women in Australia will live age 94, and one in four men will live to age 90. So that that suggests that for many people, they can expect to be in retirement for the best part of 30 years. Wow.
1: it's mm. a whole lifetime.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it is a significant period of time. So that's a big one. Will I have enough money?
0: My granny went into a retirement home in um, her early seventies, and she lived to the age of ninety-seven. So, wow. yeah, and that yeah. was that was a while back. I mean, we're all living a lot longer now, aren't we? Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh,
3: you know, I am so glad that you mentioned that because that actually is another area where people are increasingly becoming worried about, and that is the possibility and the cost mm. of actually accessing aged care services mm, yeah. down uh, the track. Um, you know this is you know this is about entering um, aged care facilities or can i access home care or even what arrangements will i need to make um, to be able to live with my children in the later years of my life you know building granny flats in the backyard mm. and all that sort of so so that can be quite a confusing area and quite a complex area because of what that means to the age pension and everything like that. So aged care, becoming older and becoming more frail um, is another area of worry as well.
0: And, John, just, you know, all, all of those costs that go with being aged as well, things like prescription medicines, you know, that all adds up, That's really. 100%. <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been said that we spend um, more money in the last five years of our life um, on medical um, expenses uh, than we did for the um, entirety of our life beforehand. So yeah, the last five years of life, our medical expenses can really start ramping up. So
0: I have to ask, I'm dying to know, how much do people really need for a comfortable lifestyle?
3: <laughs> Look, of course. Everyone's situation is different, but we've got some general guidelines in place that is a really useful starting point for a lot of people to get the discussion going around, you know, how much is is needed. So um, there is a group um, called the Association of the Super Funds of Australia. They've done some great research um, in this area. And they estimate that for a couple um, who are, you know, healthy and they own their own home, to have what is regarded as a comfortable retirement, they need about $62,000 a year. What that equates to is having about $640,000 in super by the age of 65. Mm, so, and that's for a couple. If that's for a couple, for a single person, um, a comfortable retirement for them, it's about forty-four thousand dollars a year, and they need about five hundred forty-five thousand in super um, at age sixty-five to be able to achieve that.
1: So, John, that means uh, basically for that couple, they've got to earn somewhere in the region of ten percent off their uh, their capital sum, right?
3: yeah yeah exactly that's that that's true um those numbers also take into account the availability of age pension that becomes a really important supplementary source of income as well okay, to yep. take pressure off their superannuation and off their wealth but yeah yeah that's um that's basically what it equates to
1: and so uh how has Covid changed people's retirement ambitions
3: oh yeah look uh un- you know undoubtedly um we we spoke about this desire to travel and to explore the world and embarking on cruises. That is going to be greatly curtailed over the next few years. And, you know, I'm actually really interested to see how the travel industry and the hospitality industry, how they will adapt and change to try to recapture their primary market, which is the retiree market. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, um, how that will change, and uh, the and also linked to um, to COVID as well to um, to coronaviruses. Many retirees, but look, they've taken a really big hit on their retirement savings due to the downturn in the share market. And there are signs that retirees are becoming somewhat more cautious in terms of uh, some of their discretionary spending, such as the renovation that they were planning on, the updating of their white goods. Such as fridges and dishwashers and wash and, 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 and dryers and also the updating of their cars. They're sort of holding back on doing all of those things, just waiting to see what happens in the economy and waiting to see what happens on the share market.
2: Mm, interesting. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, my dad also took quite a big hit to his superannuation because he had a, quite a fair bit of it invested in the stock market. So he said, you know, I think I'm going to be working a lot longer than, <laughs> than I anticipated, you know, so...
3: Yeah, yeah, you are quite right that, um, uh, you know, in terms of other uh, you know, other changes, uh, for many people who were looking at, you know, I might retire next year mm. or in a couple of years' time, uh, for many people um, having to hold back from retiring to, uh, quite frankly, to... Uh, get their super balance back up again, mm. uh, that's uh, that's another big consideration as well. So I'm really glad you raised that, yeah.
0: John, I'm just wondering if you would recommend to people that they do a, a little trial retirement um, because I'm thinking of trying that out at the moment um, and I know that COVID has been a good <laughs> opportunity for all of
2: us to just... Early retirement, Ruthie. Yeah,
0: pretend that we're, you know, easing into a slower pace. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, oh. Uh, look, um, we, we can't underestimate the challenges associated with having a retirement uh, that is fulfilling and purposeful. And this idea of a trial retirement is actually becoming increasingly popular. And so for people who've built up a lot of long service leave and annually, I would always encourage them to think about taking that time off work and have a bit of a taste of what retirement would be like, and and to learn from that experience. My clients who have done this have actually found it a really valuable exercise to take three or four months off, and it gives them really good insight around establishing routine, establishing purpose, and um, having an idea of what retirement would be like, and often it can be very enlightening in terms of oh wow I might need to you know, change my expectations around what I might do on a day to day basis. Mm. So I think it's a fabulous idea.
0: All that sitting around tends to lead to a bit more online shopping, I generally <laughs> find. So <laughs> so Peter,
3: when no can tr-
2: we start taking our long service?
3: No services? chance, yeah. <laughs> no How chance.
1: Does that early
2: retirement? The great <laughs> thing about it.
1: Great thing about trial <laughs> retirement is to make sure you've got a way back, right?
3: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look, John, on behalf of all of us, I want to say thank you so much for all of those um, tips and, and advice that you've got That is really helpful. Thank yeah. you for sharing. And John works for AMP, one of Australia's biggest advice companies. One group perhaps not thinking too much about retirement are the millennials. Are you kidding
2: me? I'm thinking about retirement already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, Bern, you're sitting right next to me. I can hear your brain ticking over. But this is the demographic that's demonised by just about everyone. Millennials are being blamed for everything from caring more about smashed avocado than buying a house and more recently wrecking the economy. Absolutely How do you take that? Right. Yeah, so
2: apparently my generation have recently discovered stocks and shares during the whole lockdown period. So, uh, of course, we're being blamed for this whole market volatility. I don't quite get it. I am with great reason. I mean, how does Hertz, the higher car conglomerate,
1: go into bankruptcy and its shares go up? <laughs> there are some pretty strange people trading out there.
2: And, of course, everyone is attacking millennials for investing during the lockdown. Apparently, there is a site in America called Robin Hood for fast investment. But I think because of the development of this site, lots of people think that we are rigging the market.
1: Didn't Robin Hood rob from the rich and give to the poor?
2: Yeah, I think, see, millennials are poor. We need the money. But the way that it works is that we can invest like day traders and stockbrokers of course, it's a lot less easier to predict. I and mean, that's why stockbrokers are complaining about this entire, this entire system. Um, so we have become disruptors to the game. And changing the game at that. Exactly. But
0: it, it is true that Robin Hood, this is the US-based trading app that had 3 million new accounts opened in the first quarter <laughs> of this year, right? Yeah. And around half of those were first-time investors. So that's actually a bit scary. And yeah.
1: Stake, our own Australian version, which lets Australians trade the US market, had a 129% increase in the first half of this year over the previous six months. And
0: that's steak as in S-T-A-K-E. Because when we speak about Aussies, I'm imagining a really good barbecue. (laughs)
2: I don't quite understand what your point is,
1: guys. Well, it's not for the faint-hearted. I mean, for instance, Alexander Keans, the 20-year-old American, committed suicide after misreading a balance sheet from Robin Hood which suggested he'd lost $700,000 when in fact he had $16,000 in his account.
2: I mean, it is a really sad story, but then again, you know, for every bad investor, um, there is a normal investor that's still doing really good work and, you know, what's that famous phrase? Past performance may not be an indicator of future performance. <laughs> mm. yes, so indeed. investments can go up and down. I have to say, you know, obviously millennials were a hard hit demographic during the COVID. I agree with yeah. you, Bern. And am I not right in recalling that you
0: personally made profits as an early trader in Bitcoin and in sneakers? Oh. Well,
2: Rosie, it wasn't a huge all life threatening investment because I'm far too cautious as an investor, but it did make me money. To buy more shoes. And that's my point. (laughs) (laughs) We're like every generation.
0: And I do want to point out as well that you have a fantastic column called Shares Not Shoes.
2: Yes, which I am trying to invest in shares and not shoes even (laughs) though I have a severe shoe addiction.
0: that's right, Bern. It is actually the acid test when it comes to investing, making a profit. Mm, Exactly. But I'm really excited about our next guest. This is our mystery guest. Mm. Mm. And when considering money, there is making it and there's saving it. And who better to tell us about this than our lovely mothers. (laughs) So our next guest is in fact, well, let's just say she's brought up a a family of her own single-handedly And after 40 years as a teacher, she's now retired with three investment properties that take care of her entire retirement income. I'm pretty envious of that, I have to say. Me too. So Mm. we're going to refer to our guest simply as Mum. Hi, Mum. Hi, Mum. Hi, Mum.
4: Hi, everyone.
0: Now, I've got a quick question that's really relevant for the here and now. How would you describe the effects that COVID has had on your finances as a retiree?
4: Well, Rose, it was... Utterly devastating at first, and then I realised that I could actually reach out to various agencies, and so I systematically set about calling them and trying to get some help. What sort of agencies yeah. do you refer to? So, firstly, I called my local council. I said, "Help, help, help! I really need to um, try to pay my rates, but how am I going to do this? Everything's just gone haywire." Mm. And so they were very supportive and said, "Well." If you pay off just a, a wee bit each month, we can work on that until you can get your feet back on the ground. And that's been a huge help for me. So that was great.
2: Yeah, mm. there's lots of different kinds of companies that have really been quite lenient.
0: All the know. utilities bills yeah. have been Absolutely.
4: Supportive. So secondly, um, you know, I have mortgages, mm. silly me, at this age in my late 70s. So I called my banks and I said, look, um. Die, in dire straits, and they were fantastic, actually. So they um, didn't pull the wool out from under my, is that a mm, saying? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> and, and said, look, you know, we'll hold off and then just pay small increments when your mortgages kick back in. And so that's been an enormous relief for me. So mm. great. And w- uh,
0: when you say your banks as a retired teacher, are you with any of those banking teachers, credit unions, or would you go with the main banks?
4: I had to go with the main banks because I have a mortgage on on my property.
0: Okay. now I've got a quick question for you. um because mums and dads, they always give us sage advice, don't they? So I want to know over your lifespan of financial investment, what would be your big tips in terms of what to do or what not to do, or perhaps even some money regrets. Mm.
4: Okay, my money regrets. Oh, no, I have a few. In fact, lots. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Too many shoes. Yeah, being yeah. so old, I have so many regrets. But um, back in the day, when I thought I was invincible, and I was playing my own little game of Monopoly,
0: you're listening to this.
4: Burn our millennial. <laughs> okay, I yeah, am. I am yeah, taking
0: the sage yeah, advice. Yep. Yeah.
4: And I thought I could uh, really make money by leaping into the property market. I started with nothing, but I ended up with one property, and then I geared up from it, and I bought another and then another, and then the hard times hit, which mm. wasn't uh, all that good. Ooh. And so I had a, a big loss. I had to um, sell up, made not a profit, I'm afraid. And I, even back then, and this is a deadly secret, I drew down all of my super <gasps> because I could, because I was over 65 yeah. and I wanted to invest. And nobody was advising I you not wish to. Yeah, I had financial help back then. Oh, I, my I, goodness. I really totally wish I did have financial advice. However, I sold it on and kept one property which happily had uh, two little houses on it and so I was able to then start doing some um, holiday letting and that's what oh. I live off at the moment. My oh. holiday letting has been great um, right up until COVID.
1: No one's <laughs> <laughs>
0: taking holidays, although that is starting to kick back in again But now.
2: what a great pivot though. I yeah. mean,
4: you know, yeah. word of, the, t- word of the, uh, the decade at the moment. But, but the best thing I did. Was to actually strata the properties mm. so that, as time goes by, I can sell one off. Yeah, have some money to live on. Yeah, and then down the track when I'm totally um, gaga, you know, <laughs> nearing it quickly, but I can actually um, live in one, and it's mortgage free. Yeah, and then perhaps support my old age in a home somewhere. Mm.
0: Amazing. <laughs> so you've seen the highs,
2: the lows, the good, the bad and the ugly. And it's such a great, it's so great that you've got a plan as well. Yeah.
4: You know. That that was my best advice. You know, mm.
0: You've having, done all right considering the fact that you didn't get any financial advice back in the day. and
4: None at all except my father. He just said, keep buying, never sell. <laughs> and <laughs> Didn't totally follow that, but I did keep one, so that was great.
0: Fantastic. Now, final question for you, Mum. Apparently you've got some good tips. Um, Instead of taking out the 10K in super that people attempted to do right now, there are other ways of gathering that $10,000 without raiding the super account.
4: Yeah, of which I have none. But my best um, and very simple ways of staying alive and staying happy, it is good to go down to the local cafe and have a coffee. So um, what I do is um, use a lot of senior discounts and, you know, you can get them through Woolies and Aldi and Coles. You always have to ask. You know, it's amazing. I'm always shocked. They say, yes, we have a discount. Okay, Okay, great. And, you know, go to the cinema, you can get a discount. Yep. Go to happier, you mm. know, do <laughs> you <hour, and> <laughs> love it? <laughs> Absolutely. You just
0: never know when they're gonna say yes.
4: Yeah, you know, address all your phone bills and your electricity bills and try to get a better deal. Mm. And then most people are very helpful. And thirdly, sell stuff, mm. you know. Oh. Everybody's got way too much rubbish and I, I it's not rubbish, it's wonderful stuff. But, <laughs> I mean, for example, you don't need your sporting gear that you can't even get up on top of anymore and, yeah. or the racket that you can't bounce off in the tennis game. And mm. you don't. if you don't wear it, yeah. sell it. One woman's trash is another one's <sighs> treasure. Yeah, and you've yeah. probably
0: got some amazing pieces there that you don't need anymore.
4: Well, I can't fit into them. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and if you don't read it, uh, share it. Yeah. Share it all from my book club books, wonderful books, you know, share them. Be generous though, don't charge a lot. Listen, if you don't listen to it, you know, your old LPs, which we, we stack up. Oh, they up.
0: can be worth a fortune these it's, days. Yeah, definitely.
4: Genuine antiques. And then, um, you know, finally, you, you can ask your clever daughter to cut your hair and cover up the greys and <laughs> not have to go <laughs> to use the hairdresser. the kids, hairdresser.
0: put them to work. and <laughs> love
4: it. It's the little things that save lots over the, over the time. And, you know, these little things make me happy. Including Rose, it. including my grandchildren. That but is
0: divine it's the advice. Little things. Oh, well, thank you, Mum, so much for joining us. And I want to say that not just um, our mums here or my mum, um, so many of our fathers would have good advice too. So perhaps if you're listening and you want to nominate your mum or your dad for our segment each episode called "Ask Your Mother" or "Ask Your Father," <laughs> send that into our website, and we'd love to hear what your mums and dads have to say. <laughs> radio, guys. It's time for cash lingo. Cash lingo. Cash lingo. No, it sounds a bit like cash bingo, but it's <laughs> it's quite different. This is where we're going to word you up with a really impressive phrase, like a finance industry insider word, something usually those in the industry would talk about. But we're going to make you sound like an expert now when you're chatting about money.
1: Mm.
0: Peter, I believe you've got our cash lingo word of the week.
1: Yes, I can make you sound like Warren Buffett. So, Rose, <laughs> this, this is good. like when you you know nothing about wine, but you throw out a phrase like melatactic fermentation. Oh, and suddenly or, or everyone is really impressed.
0: Melolactic. Melolactic. Mm. <laughs> okay, so what is our finance fancy finance word of the week?
1: Crystallizing. Yes, it's not about ginger. Crystallization is the selling of a security to trigger capital gains or losses once there is a capital gain or loss investment tax applies to the proceeds
0: right so breaking that down hopefully you're going to record a capital loss because you want to pay less tax well
1: true yes and that's crystallizing your losses
0: i knew i loved crystals
1: <laughs> <laughs> And there are some really weird saving suggestions out there. We recently ran a competition and we've got 700 saving tips we'll be sharing on TogetherAustralia.com. But here's one we won't be sharing. According to Kerry Moriarty, head of company development at Cinch Financials, submerging your card in water and keeping it frozen in the fridge is a way of reinforcing a contract with yourself not to use the card.
0: I usually do that with um a bottle of vodka so I don't don't drink it.
2: And I actually think that's quite that's
0: horrific. Or that's cool. I think, I think it's cool. Yep, keep it out of reach. But there's no need to do that. If you win our competition for $100,000. This thousand. is a
2: ready-made mm. nest egg at togetheraustralia.com. So, what could you do with $100,000? Well, you might buy stocks shares, cryptocurrency, or you could try (laughs) your hand at peer-to-peer lending where you loan your cash out to businesses or individuals and earn up to 12%. Mm. But personally, I would buy shoes. And And I'd buy a yacht. (laughs) (laughs) I'd do some more renovations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Burn, you're so millennial. But that's why we're offering the services of a financial advisor to help you make those right choices. And your advisor will discuss what you want to achieve and then they'll suggest the safe and secure ways to get you where you want to go. It is the prize that will change
1: your life. Um, Mm. That's the point of Together Australia. That's why we want all Australians to be able to access financial advice advice. Well, Rose, this does bring us to the end of our podcast and with any luck, we've given our listeners something to think about.
0: Exactly, Peter. And whether it be those day-to-day budgeting tips or investment
2: advice, perhaps rethinking your savings or your super. Changing your mortgage, maybe planning your retirement or just making sure you're doing the right things, then a financial advisor can really tailor your money to match your needs.
0: Oh, well, that is the end of our episode for today, but we'll be back with the next one. A whole new bunch of tips and tricks, plus interviews with experts and the latest advice for all Aussies. And this is all thanks to Together Australia. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya.